Welcome to the seven and a half floor of the Merton Flummer Building. As you'll now be spending your workday here, it is important that you learn a bit about the history of this famous floor. Welcome to Malkovich Malkovich Minute Minute, the daily podcast in which we set our unusually nimble and dexterous fingers to work alphabetizing the film Being John Malkovich one minute at a time. I'm your host, Austin Pryor, and returning to the tunnel with me today are Luke and Ellen from the Love Rosie podcast. Can I just say, considering that I've been doing <laughs> podcasting for three years, I've never nailed an intro as good as that. Oh, that is, stop it. <laughs> that was such like a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Takes me at least ten tries. I've been getting I've been getting that. stuck just telling people I'm guesting on Malkovich Malkovich minute minute. That's <laughs> Yeah, well that's kind of <laughs> That's the trap I've set for everybody, you know. Today we're discussing minute 12 of Being John Malkovich. Minute 12 starts with Lester's fiendishly tricky filing test for Dr. Schwartz and ends 1 minute later with Lester beginning an apology. Tell me, which of these two letters comes first, this one or this one? The symbol on the left is not a letter, sir. Damn, you're good. <laughs> I was trying to trick you. <laughs> Impressions? I would have gotten it wrong. You know, it's just one of those questions where you you just say something instead of saying that, like, that's the not now. <laughs> you would have gotten the test about wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I would have literally turned around and answered the question rather than just say the obvious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just a yeah. trick question. Yeah, like because it seems like, it seems like a trap. So you yeah. go, well... You'd, you'd have to pretend you knew what the <laughs> yeah. other symbol was. So you're yeah, like, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'll, yeah. Yeah. I could see it, especially in that pressure situation. And I, and just, I, um, I just watched it and I was like, oh, I'm so dumb. <laughs> and I love how pleased Dr. Lester is with himself afterwards. Mm. Like that little chuckle he gives. It's just like, yeah. oh, I really like this man. I want him to be my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's such a good trick. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're good. I was trying to check you. <laughs> It, it does question whether I should actually be doing A-levels. <laughs> just that just that scene. It's tragic. You should definitely be doing A-levels because you're obviously overthinking things. And that is what A-levels are all about. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, in the script, he doesn't draw symbols on a card. He just says, which comes first, R or gloof? <laughs> so I just, I just love gloof. <laughs> um, so I think it's better to do a visual one so is that is that symbol officially now called Gloof? Is that where that's exactly that's my head cannon for it. I that's like that. I'm gonna draw that and 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 know that it is Gloof. G L O O P H, by the way. Oh, I bet you've written it in your uh, notes, haven't you? Yeah, you you know I have, <laughs> and I've written it in here in my head forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean this minute I wrote down first of all this minute is just a really good sketch, but it's kind of technically it's not in the sense that like it's about too many different things because you've got the which symbol gag and then you've got well then put these in order yes sir Flores, get guinness on the phone <laughs> uh yes sir genghis khan capone fine Get Guinness on the phone, Genghis Khan Capone, which, um, which again in the script, the mishearings aren't as funny in the script. They're more phonetic, and the the thing she's mishearing in this, it's just get Guinness on the foam is what she says back, you know. Yeah. So it's like just 
kind of gibberish that sounds a bit like it. Whereas it's much funnier if she's saying Genghis Khan Capone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just wondering, uh, like, what on earth has actually happened as a result to that request now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Genghis Khan Capone. She's she, she, whatever it is, she takes action on. Yeah, that. and he was fine with it. He was like, "Oh, he she's so fine. great," and I'm like, "But what's she doing? <laughs> what's she doing? She, uh, yeah, she's definitely taking it on board. She's she's got a subplot that I wish we had. It's just I, I just I just love to just see her bringing in random people into the office and it probably, yeah, it probably yeah. would have been a bit too oh, too blatantly absurd but it was it's Yeah, I, I think it would have been too yeah. Yeah, too because obvious. she's kind of skating the edge already with yeah. how silly the the comedy mm-hmm. is there. I love it, but you know, turn it up a couple of notches and it would be, you know, it, it's already kind of just enough. I think it works this early on because the film is still establishing yes. itself that you're willing yeah. to go, "Oh, it's that kind of film." And then when it changes, you don't feel like it's a sudden change. But if you had this absurd gag in the middle of once you've already got used to the tone, you'd be kind of like this doesn't flow at all. Yeah. And I yeah, think that's something is. that is so overlooked i've noticed since uh right and reduced to clear is there certain gags we have where i go that would be great and then i go oh no but we haven't reached that absurd yet we can't throw that in and then it will kind of hinder this other gag and it's like the order of gags in comedy is something which i'd never thought of as a really difficult thing to do but it's so hard (laughs) and it it kind of works the same in other genres as well like Mm -hmm. the version of the exorcist where she comes down doing the spider walk mm. down the stairs that's way too early in the movie that was a deleted scene originally mm. and it should be so comedy and horror aren't generally similar but they have this in common well, yeah, that they, like, they if only you get the tone you... wrong yeah. and if you escalate too early and then have to step back it ruins the uh, the tone. Yeah, comedy and horror only really work if you get a specific reaction out of the audience they're, they're probably yes. the only genres in which you can't just write and go okay that's probably good you have to yeah. like test it so much to check that things work that it's yeah and, I, and in a weird way kind of more horror to comedy but i think even comedy to horror if you write it bad they could they could easily seep into the opposite genre the kind of oh, yes. it's definitely spectrum. difficult it's definitely difficult to get it right i think mm. with horror and comedy and just anything comedy is just difficult i think and that's why i have quite a lot of respect for it because it is really difficult you have mm. to get, get that yeah i mean there are there are so many mm-hmm. unfunny comedies oh yeah 100 percent. that's why i don't watch them i've written two of them <laughs> <laughs> but I, it sounds like i'm setting up self-promotion i'm not feel free to cut this that w- w- with um re- with reduced to clear it's only on my mind because i've just finished writing the last draft today you're involved in your work <laughs> um, it's okay <laughs> so w- w- with that it's it's very much of I feel like this is the first time I've written something that's actually funny. I, f- I feel like it's most it's mostly just kind of my failed writing anyway. But I f- I think I've mastered it. But I don't. I, it's like I don't want to judge on whether comedy's good until I find out whether I can do it first. Because <laughs> I've, yeah, I've made well... two comedy films: uh, the Sixteenth Minute and Common Denominator, which. I'm I'm not promoting here because they're awful. Um, but it's uh, I made two of th- those two, and it's like. I I maybe like a joke every couple of minutes and that's just not good yeah. that's just not good enough especially for a short film whereas you you mm. need to have the certain beat and a certain rhythm and so much of that is where I've struggled is having a consistent tone rather than going oh that's really funny because one of the hardest things is you can come up with this hilarious gag and be like this is my favorite thing ever but 
I can't put it in here because it doesn't fit. Yeah. This is it too surreal for a yeah. straight face comedy. Yeah. This is too serious for a surreal comedy. And that there are so many layers. It's something which, Ellen, we've been discussing quite a lot on La Rosie Pod recently, isn't it? That mm-hmm. we've, there have been certain moments where we've gone, I really like this, but does it work with the rest of the film? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's such a weird talent, which I, I guess it's, I guess it's why script editors are really underrated because it's their job <laughs> and they, they sort this stuff I- out. I'm I'm just enjoying this like writer director looking back on his early work critically. Uh, just just for context, uh, for the audience, uh, Luke is 17 years of age. <laughs> Believe me, if you were looking back you've at done... the 16th minute, you would also uh, be looking back. Very yeah, but I mean, you've you've got time to course correct. You're doing pretty darn well. To, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got all these elements, I was saying. You've got the witch symbol thing. You've got Genghis Khan, Capone, and then... Damn fine woman, Flores. I don't know how she puts up with this speech impediment of mine. You don't have a speech impediment, Dr. Lester. Flattery will get you everywhere, my boy. (laughs) I'm afraid I have to trust Flores on that one. You see, uh, she's got her doctorate in speech impedimentology from Case Western. We get into this speech impediment thing where as an audience we can read between the lines and know that okay poor dr lester has very few contacts in his life (laughs) so he believes himself to have this uh, speech impediment because you know the woman he trusts the most tells him he has it's such an odd and perfect idea and the the fact that he can't be convinced now that he doesn't Mm -hmm. but like it is. It really stretches reality so much. It obviously doesn't hold up to any scrutiny because obviously he can hear himself, and <laughs> and he's never specific about what the speech impediment is. You know, he's just like nobody can understand me. And I think that's why it's so it's great that it's a gag that's done and gone in five minutes. Like you don't mm. think about it afterwards, really. So, Ellen, this was your first time seeing being John Malkovich, and. Uh, we went into it a little bit last time, but uh, yeah, so it sounds like it was it was a lot to take in and you didn't necessarily get in sync with the movie or what were, um, what were your overall impressions so of the at the beginning, I was kind of, I was watching it and I was just thinking, I don't understand what is going to happen. I don't understand what's happening. Like, is it a comedy? What What is this film? And then hmm. kind of later on, I kind of realized that they were kind of just thrown in jokes that worked along with the film. Hmm. And like... It was just kind of all linked, and I liked the ending, and I did enjoy it. I thought I found it very clever, and I I like clever films, um, but it was definitely really strange. I think mm. we're yeah. so used to as spectators being spoon fed comedy. Oh, that 100%. it's it's so refreshing to almost be like they throw these jokes in, but they're not afraid if if you don't get it, which I yeah. think is like um, the comedies I'm used to are kind of in betweeners. Hangover. Yeah, they're the comedies yeah. I watch because they're the mm. ones that I can just easily throw on and just have a laugh and like bore out and stuff. But yeah, yeah, comedies that are serious, some somewhat serious comedies. I just yeah, it's so fascinating to get a comedy that's not a light watch. Like that's yeah. so rare that it's it's especially for someone that doesn't watch comedies as much like me, for example. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think what else I would compare the tone of this too because it's tempting to call it a comedy drama um because it's because the acting is good and it's shot like a drama but it's not really a drama but it's not a comedy drama because 
it's it's the comedy takes center stage for most of it and then yeah comedy dramas are rarely actually even things that you have that they're just dramas with the occasional joke yeah Yeah. i mean we're getting into kind of genre definitions now which get a bit slippery (laughs) but part of what defines a comedy is that to a varying extent depending on the tone of comedy being struck reality is bent to the will of the comedy and this movie absolutely goes into that. Yeah, 100%. Where yeah. the bizarre reality of this portal into somebody's head is there to serve comedy and other story potential. And it almost, it sounds, it almost sounds dumb, doesn't it? Kind of explaining yeah. it. But, it, but it's, it's yeah. not a dumb film. And it's like the, absolutely. the audience it surrogate be, it's, isn't going oh my goodness, this is so weird. The audience story yeah. is going, oh, this is just the way the world is, I guess. Malkovich has a door. And that's what's yeah. so wonderful is you have to accept it because he does. Every Yeah, everyone in the movie just kind of goes through the motions of disbelief for a, for a little bit and, and then was, just like, move on. It's literally like yeah. he's yeah. there talking literally. with his wife like on the day and she's like, okay, I'll let have a go, please. And it's just yeah. like, oh, yeah. okay. And There's no such thing as a portal. Yeah, there is. <laughs> okay, I want to try it. And it's like, like and weirdly, boom. he does that without it feeling like bad writing. No, it's great writing. Yeah. Put these in order. Yes, sir. So the fast-moving hands when he's flicking the cards. I find this interesting. Like, how did they do it? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And I was I looked into this myself as well. The best I can guess is that they undercranked slightly when they were shooting it. Um, so that when they played it back at normal speed, it was slightly sped up. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it was sped up, maybe, but everything else was just the same. So it was just the hands, which I found. I don't it, know. Well, it's just the hands, just the, but it's only in a close up. So yeah, that's true. I don't think there is a wide shot where you would need maybe to. Maybe it's just the way they kind of move it up. Then we're gonna say, is it a hand double? Because that's what I was. My note was: is it definitely his hands? It's not definitely his hands. We don't know. And just looking at it there, uh, let me see. You can see here in the wide shot when it's uh, it looks like it's speeding up just his hands, but if you look closely, you can see a bit of a wobble to his um, facial features changing as well. Um, so you can see how they cheated it. In fact, the more I look at it, the more I'm sure that that's oh, exactly yeah, what happened. I can see it now. So so they've just goes to the close up of his hand for the next shot, and that again, I think it's just fairly simple under cranking mm-hmm. and then of course it's sold with the sound effects doing all the, these like yeah. really good foley on the a really snappy effect it is it does look like they did something more sophisticated with it but yeah it does that's everything in this movie because of the background of the crew and because of the limited budget any of these effects are achieved in really lo-fi mm. basic ways and um yeah, it's really cool to watch. We will get later in the movie, I'll be talking about how they achieved Malkovich looking in the mirror, which is just like this crazy, very simple effect that shouldn't yeah. work. Technically doesn't work if you really study it, but in the cinema, I remember just being blown away from for how simple it looked and how straightforward it looked and going like, how did they, how did they do that? And then you know the shot is over and you're moving on you're back in the is story is that when he's checking his teeth yeah 
So I'm not going to not going to go into it today, but that's a little teaser and everybody can be thinking, how did they do you know it? What? I didn't actually think about that. There you go. Well, that's mm. wait, that's they, it's they best if you don't. They filmed it from probably. his pov, like POV, yeah. in a mirror through his eyes. That's how you think the shot works. So they kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they kind of had to film him looking out and doing it, then kind of superimpose him, yeah, superimpose him over the mirror and have the camera make the exact movements yeah. that he does. That's, or I... that's, that's how I would do it, <laughs> but it's way simpler. And... I bet they have like a little camera here, don't they, or something? No. No, I'm not telling you because we're gonna. You'll have to listen to the minutes. I definitely will. I, I definitely yeah, I'm will. Definitely <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. So, I think our discussion is at an end for today. Will you be able to make it back tomorrow? Yep. Sure, hope so. <laughs> How did your trek get on? Where did you materialize? How long did it take you to get back? I was worried that I was going to do the Coraline. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was going to go to my family, but with button eyes. So uh, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> but you know. Good. Good. It, 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 it worked out all right. It's not the ideal situation, but it's 2021. No. Nothing's ideal. You know, Nothing's ideal. Lovely to have that little trip. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because you're about to take it again. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>